This is Faster Forward from Northern Trust Asset Servicing, where we explore stories, insights, and lessons learned from leaders and innovators that are driving transformation across their industries. Welcome to the relaunch of the Faster Forward podcast from Northern Trust Asset Servicing. In this podcast, we explore stories, insights, and lessons learned from leaders and innovators who are driving transformation across their industries. I'm Patrice Sikora, and with me today is Mike Srodanovic, Director of Enterprise Architecture at Northern Trust. Now, Mike is going to take us into the ever-evolving world of artificial intelligence. AI, it's a transformative technology that's revolutionizing our world and well, reshaping the future. Mike will discuss how AI has evolved over recent years, talk about current use cases across industries, and address both the opportunities and the challenges of the technology in the future. Mike, thanks so much for being with us today. Chris, thank you so much. It's my pleasure being here. We appreciate well, the opportunity. And before we get going, let's talk about you before we get to AI. Tell us about your career experience and your current role at Northern Trust. Sure. So, so education-wise, my degree is in uh, master's in double E's, electrical uh, engineering. So I started off really doing hardware design for quite a few years in my early career. Uh, always had a very strong mathematics background. Always was very interested in algorithms and computer science in general. So that's uh, kind of how I started off. Moved slowly over into the software world. Artificial intelligence in general was always something that interested me and I was worked on it more or less in the kind of background, hobbies, et cetera. It was an interesting book that came out somewhere in the mid nineties or so. And it was by a gentleman called Timothy Masters. And he had laid out this computer science approach to neural networks, uh, you know, basically trying to mimic the human mind, et cetera, really trapped my interest. Uh, and from there on in, I was more or less hooked. I was uh, always interested in neural networks and artificial intelligence and to see what really data science can do when it comes to mimicking the human mind, so to speak. All right, then that all having been said, explain to us what is AI and, and how has it evolved over the years? So it's uh, everyone's got a different you know definition for AI in general, but uh, you know very simplistically, it's you know trying to get a computer system or a computer rather to you know mimic the intelligent tasks that a human can perform. I mean that's really it in a nutshell, and that's what all these AI systems uh, more or less try to do, and it certainly has evolved over the decades. It's it's not new. It's been around for quite a while. Some of the early AI systems were expert systems, and, and these were basically rules engines you know, for the most part. So experts in a certain field would try to mimic the tasks that they would perform, whether it would be in medicine, engineering, you know, et cetera, and come up with rules that would you know, basically leverage their knowledge, the processes they would go through, put them in rules, and try to get an, uh, an expert system to kind of mimic that. That was more or less the first advanced what I would call AI systems. But then long in the oh, late 90s, early 2000s or so, computers became much more powerful. And this really led to kind of an explosion. So the next field, I would say, in, in AI or the growth in AI would really be around more statistical methods and machine learning. And this moved away from, you know, someone programming rules back then to data, statistics and algorithms that could actually use that data. So that was really the next uh, big evolution in it, these statistical you know, machine learning methods. And then after that, you know, what really kind of led to the next evolution, if you will, in AI was the advent of big data. I mean, by big data, I don't mean just lots of data. I mean, lots of variety of data from different sources, whether it was video or uh, 
um, human speech, et cetera. This really enabled uh, researchers to build you know, brand new algorithms, train some of these machine learning and the statistical approaches on these huge data sets, et cetera. So that was kind of the next real key steps in, into machine learning. Then there was a breakthrough in, in deep learning. Uh, and deep learning, again, getting back to neural networks is was really the, the next evolution in that. It would leverage all of this data that was now hugely available, all the very high level of compute power, NVIDIA with their uh, parallel processing, the vast you know, compute power up on clouds. You couple that with these new algorithms for deep learning and how to actually train very deep, large neural networks uh, really was the next kind of evolution. And it's the foundation, if you will, of what we're seeing out there right now with regards to chat GPT and generative AI, et cetera, and which is where we are right now. So again, what we're seeing right now in the latest versions of AI, if you will, the generative AI that many people are, are not talking about, it's all really based on deep learning and very, very large neural networks, all trained on massive amounts of data. That That's really kind of the key. You just mentioned training, and, and I keep hearing people say, you have to teach AI your process, teach AI what you want it to know. Does Is that the case? Absolutely the case. So AI is not, quote unquote, intelligent, if you will. So we're still back in this paradigm where you have to you know, put a task out there, put an objective, right? You need to be able to learn this X, Y, or Z. And then these algorithms kick in based on all the example data that you can come up with that tries to optimize that and tries to train the deep learning system to optimize that, that particular data for that one task. But without the data, it doesn't think on its own. It can't, you know, program on its own. It can't do anything on its own. It really is still a, a large engineering effort to get AI to work. Right. All right. You keep mentioning AI, but then you also mentioned generative AI. What's the difference? So the big difference between classical AI, I'll just call it classical AI okay. and generative yep. AI, is really the you know the latest version of generative AI. It's almost an interface to humans. So let me just deep dive into that real quickly. So classically speaking, AI and machine learning algorithms were really more focused around tasks such as anomaly detection, clustering, classification of certain objects, et cetera, and forecasting, right? That's really where, you know, the classical AI played. Generative AI is completely different now. So now generative AI is used to actually generate content. You can ask it a question and it will generate content for you. And it does it extremely well. But not only does it generate the content, it can also understand your input. Right. So we as humans can speak to it or type in text, et cetera, or prompt, prompt the AI as it called. It can understand the context, the semantics, the meaning of what you're what you're asking it to do and generate the output. So it's the system you can think of that now is almost a human interface. Humans generate content into it. It can understand it, act on it and then generate content that now humans can actually uh, consume as well. That's really the big difference. Wow. Well, in your opinion, how would you describe the current state of AI technology and the impact it's having on industries, various industries? Yeah, I think if anyone's paying attention to uh, the news sources out there and uh, media, um, <laughs> I mean, it is absolutely dynamic. Uh, I think mm -hmm. it's revolutionary uh, what's going on right now. I think it's going to be as big as the mobile uh, device movement and as internet was, et cetera. So a lot, uh, lot of big research going on, a lot of big implications, I think, in general. 
to be quite honest, I'm not quite sure everyone really understands the final impacts that it's going to have on industry in general. And, and I'm talking about industry very broadly, many different uh, verticals in industry. I don't think we understand that yet either. No. Exactly. Yeah. There, there's there's a lot of research firms and you know many other organizations that are really trying to grasp on how big an impact this is going to be. But I think the one clear impactful area that's going to have on this is around knowledge workers. Getting back again to my analogy where this kind of interfaces into humans, it can understand what you're asking or telling it, instructing it, and then generate content that a human can actually consume. It's really around the knowledge workers. So this is, again, a clear distinction from, I guess, past automation and, and other technologies that have you know, cropped up in the past under the AI field. This is really targeting knowledge workers, and it's really going to augment uh, knowledge workers. When I think about it, there's really you know, more or less three specific areas. One, one's the augmentation I mentioned. So there'll be tools, et cetera, that's just going to help you do a better job. You'll have your AI assistant there to uh, help you perform whatever is task you're going to do. And that's going to certainly uh, accelerate it as well. So you'll you know, have this acceleration effect for knowledge workers. Uh, they'll be able to do their job much quicker. And then you've got automation also. So certainly some of the tasks that are not so sophisticated, but it's certainly becoming more sophisticated, but the tasks that can be automated will be automated. Um, and that's a trend we've seen in the past as well, where, where we've tried that with robotic process automation to certain right. levels of success, et cetera. Right. But I think this next generation of AI, this generative AI, is certainly going to bring RPA to a, a whole nother level. This all sounds fantastic. There have to be some limitations, yes? Tell me about limitations and challenges for AI. Yeah, it's, I mean, there's certainly a huge applications and it's, like I said earlier, I think it's going to be uh, very impactful, but it's not a replacement for humans. I mean, it's not something that's going to go out there and replace humans. It is still not um, what I would call intelligent. Uh, getting back to the training, you still have to train it based on all this data. So it can't reason on its own. It can't sit there and it can't plan out what it needs to do. It can't determine cause and effect. All those things that we as humans take for granted, it can't do yet. Now, having said that, there's a lot of research. There's a lot of researchers going on to try to, you know, to try to take you know, get that next breakthrough, if you will, in AI mm -hmm. intelligence and research, where it can be a little more reasoning about some of its answers it's giving you, et cetera. But I think we're still a long ways away from, from seeing some of those break, breakthroughs. Then how do you see AI shaping and changing our world? Uh, I mean, it's going to have a massive impact, I think, on virtually every industry and organization we see out there. Um, you know, as I was saying earlier, you, you, there's going to be impacts to virtually every vertical. I think we're going to see AI assistance, whether it's going to be in teaching, medicine, engineering, finance. This is really going to be the impactful. We're, we're going to have a more or less an AI assistant, if you will, helping mm -hmm. us perform our daily jobs, whether we're in industry working or even in our personal lives. Uh, I certainly do see the day in the future, you know, whether it's on your mobile phone or somewhere else, where everyone's going to have their own personal AI assistant uh, that's going to help you take care of all your personal matters as well. Uh, that day is definitely coming. Is this like a Siri or Alexa? It, exactly. Right. Yeah. So those bots will just get much more skilled, much more capable. And if you permit them, they'll, you know, get integrated into your, you know, various calendars, et cetera. However much you wish them to get permitted to enable, they'll probably do that. And they'll really start being able to 
um, you know, act on your behalf and do things for you that you would manually uh, have to do in the, in the current state of things. You mentioned knowledge workers. How do you see AI impacting the job market? Yeah, I think this is a big uh, concern and, uh, and a fear out there. And I hear certainly a lot of people are really worried that AI is going to take their job away and et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there's certainly going to be an impact. There's no question about it. Uh, there's going to be much more automation out there. But I don't think that this is going to be a replacement for humans by any means. As I mentioned earlier, I still think this is more an augment technology uh, than it is a replacement technology. There will be for some specific tasks, you know, the easier ones where RPA, we had, you know, brought in RPA before as well. Some of those simple tasks that were replaceable will probably get replaced as well. But, you know, quite honestly, those are the tasks that, you know, most people probably don't want to do anyways. Mm -hmm. They were really... There's a reason it was called robotic process automation because no one really wanted to act like a robot. They were so simplistic. So th this will just be a little more, a little more sophisticated, if you will. On the flip side, you know, I, I don't want to sound all negative on this because I truly believe this is going to be much more for a positive than it will be negative. I certainly see a huge increase in opportunity in highly skilled areas with people with high skills. There's going to be a huge demand for STEM level technologists and other disciplines. I think there's going to be a tremendous amount of opportunity here as well. I could see AI making connections between pieces of information and knowledge that would take us a lot longer. Yeah, very much so. So I think, like I said, this is definitely going to have that accelerating uh, effect on that. All right. How about any potential risks, Mike? So, yeah, so the risks are, I mean, aside from the society risk, I, I briefly mentioned, I think many people are concerned about the society risk and what this is going to do, et cetera. But just looking at the core AI itself, I think one of the biggest risks is, a, is an industry individual, et cetera, is can you trust it? And I think mm. many people have heard of the hallucinations that potentially come out of generative AI. So when it gives you an answer, you're asking it for a question, is it accurate? How do you know that it's accurate? How are you going to validate that? So these right. are one of the the risk, especially if, if you're an industry and you're starting to really rely on it. This is one of the more front and center risks from a pure process perspective and trying to automate some of that stuff. And if you're Those a college student things. trying to write a paper. It, exactly, exactly, right, exactly. The other risks, you're just kind of getting back to my society comments, et cetera. It's un, always unfortunate, but uh, there's always bad actors out there in the space. And I certainly see cybersecurity risks with some of these tools falling in uh, the wrong hands, et cetera, you know, deep fakes, et cetera. And that's going to have to be something that society, you know, deals with. We're going to have to have better regulations and laws in place, I think, to deal with some of that. That's a good point. Regulation. Is there any move for regulation at this point? Yes. As a matter of fact, I think uh, there's a huge move for regulation and uh, I won't, don't quote me on the numbers, but um it wasn't that many years ago when I think there was roughly one AI law uh, out there on, on quote unquote, uh, on the books. Uh, in the last several years alone, there's just been a plethora of new AI laws. Uh, certainly various regulators in industries are looking at how to govern this and how to ensure safety for society as well. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, that's going to be a huge impetus going forward. And it's going to be a, a factor that I think all industries are going to have to deal with. All right. Mike, this has been fascinating. Is there one final thought you'd like to leave for our listeners into, well, basically how AI, generative AI is changing the world? So 
I mean, it's a shift that's going on. It's going to happen and it's evolving extremely rapidly. So the one thought I, I, I guess I would leave everyone to kind of ponder about is that uh, the fact that it's just so unpredictable right now, it's changing at an exponential rate. I think that's definitely going to be a ton of opportunity. It's going to be uh, good for industry. There's going to be more positive effects than negative effects. We will, as a society, learn how to govern this and put the appropriate guardrails in place, et cetera. But that's the final thought. I, I would not be as worried about this um, as I think many people are. It's still far from being this apocalyptic. It's going to take over the, uh, the world. Uh, mm -hmm. We're nowhere near that by any means. I think this is going to be very positive for many institutions. And certainly we at Northern Trust, we've been developing machine learning now and AI for years. We're extremely excited about this technology and looking forward to it. We're actively researching it and we're researching it from the point of, you know, trying to develop its potential to help our partners and our clients as well. Wonderful wrap up, Mike. Thanks so much for your time and your thoughts. This was a fascinating discussion about the essence of AI, the distinction between AI and generative AI, and the impact it's had and will continue to have. As this technology continues to evolve, Mike, we look forward to talking to you again. And thank you for listening to Faster Forward from Northern Trust Asset Servicing. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Subscribe to Faster Forward from your favorite podcast app to be automatically notified of new episodes. This audio podcast is being provided for informational and educational purposes only and is not meant to be taken as investment advice or a recommendation of any specific investment product or strategy. The information does not take your financial situation, investment objective, or risk tolerance into consideration. Listeners, including professionals, should under no circumstances rely upon this information as a substitute for their own research or for obtaining specific legal, investment, accounting, or tax advice from their own counsel. Northern Trust Corporation, Head Office 50 South LaSalle Street, Chicago, Illinois, 60603. USA Incorporated with limited liability in the U.S. 